that come from the Lord. They have been written by the Apostle John, but they are words inspired to him by the Lord himself. And the statement that he is making is the if clause, the if condition of fellowship, the presence of the Lord. I'd like for you to follow me uh, through these several verses. They start in verse 14 and just absorb with me what the Holy Spirit is saying to this local congregation. The angel of the church of Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, just a way of identifying Jesus, which means truth. It is true when you say amen at the end of a prayer. You're saying, yes, amen, I agree, that is truth. And sometimes in Scripture, fairly, fairly, are the statements made by Jesus, the same word, amen. This word is absolutely certain and true, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, and I have acquired wealth, and I do not need a thing. But do you realize that you are wretched and pitiful and poor and blind and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover the shameful nakedness and the salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those to whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. The first statement is a revelation of the character of Christ. He is the Amen. So what he is saying is accurate and true and faithful. Statements that he makes are not based on any kind of bias, but on, on perfect revelation, understanding of the situation as it truly is. The second part of what we read talks about the condition of the church and a revelation about their spiritual condition. Let me say this, first of all, in a lukewarm condition, the greatest problem that we have when it happens to us is being able to see our problems. The greatest problem we have as lukewarm Christians is being able to recognize it in ourselves. And uh, we have one opinion about ourselves. In a lukewarm state or a lukewarm condition, we think we are one thing. We, have, we are convinced that, that we're okay. We're, we're convinced that we're rich and we have good vision and we have good health. But as the Lord looked upon this particular church, he said, your biggest problem is being able to see your problem. These would be the kind of people who, when the pastor's preaching about revival, they would say, amen, pastor, preach it. These people need it. There are some friends in here I know who really need revival, Lord, so amen, I say amen to that. They would be people who would agree and shake their head and say, right on, pastor. They would have an opinion. The greatest problem I have if I'm lukewarm is recognizing my problems. 
I don't see myself that way, but it takes a revelation from God to show me my spiritual condition. There are times, I'm sure, that, that we would, by our own appraisal, see ourselves totally different than the Lord would see us through his eyes. And their greatest problem, he said, you don't know. You don't, you're not aware of the fact that you are miserable and wretched and pitiful and poor and blind. You think, and you would be impressed. I'm sure if you walked into this church, you would be impressed. I'm sure that their assessment was based on some facts. There must have been some substance to give them reason why they felt that this was an accurate assessment. You might walk in and say, wow, this is, this is uh, eloquent, this is elegant, this is beautiful, this is magnificent. How many know you can have possessions and you can have program without having its presence? And you can be operating in a very efficient and very professional and very polished way without his presence. And people walking into the Laodicean church would perhaps be very much impressed. And in the natural assessment of things, they might say just the same thing about you that you would be saying about yourself. But the one thing that they were really lacking most was Jesus was standing outside the door. He was not inside the fellowship. He was not inside the congregation, but rather wanting to gain entrance into that fellowship. The greatest problem I have when I'm lukewarm is that I don't recognize my spiritual need. It takes the Lord to show me that need. Let me read again verses 15, 16, and 17. I know your deeds. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I need nothing, but you do not realize, you do not realize you are wretched and poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. Our biggest need is seeing our need. That's my problem when I am lukewarm. Let me state the reason for this. And it is a note that I picked up from uh, Warren Wiersbe's little commentary on this particular subject so I'm going to give him credit for this and he said that the second law of thermodynamics requires and I'm reading this right from his notes that a closed system in quotes eventually moderates so that no more if no more energy is produced it dies unless something is added from the outside that system dies for example, without adding fuel, a, a boiling water will grow cool. Without electricity, the refrigerant will become warm. The church cannot become a closed system and survive. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, I think that's a significant thing. A, a church cannot be become a closed system. Now, I'm not a scientist. I don't know, some may be here who can say, yeah, I'm acquainted, I'm familiar with that second law of thermodynamics, which requires, a law makes requirements. It requires that any system that doesn't have influence from an outside source will diminish little by little. That which is hot will gradually become cool. That which is real cold 
will gradually become warm. Any closed system that is not influenced by an outside power or source will moderate and become lukewarm. Well, that helped me a lot, understanding what the dynamics of church life is all about. Now, I've taken a cue from Pastor Keith, and I brought some props. This is a, is a cup of coffee. Now, on Friday, purposely left this in the, in the office. When secretary left Friday afternoon, this was so hot, if you drank it, it would scorch your tongue. It would, it would burn your mouth if you, if you took this coffee. It's been sitting now since Friday afternoon. Guaranteed, it's not hot anymore. And guaranteed, if I offered this to you, you would say, no thanks. If I, if I gave it to you to drink, you probably would not swallow it. What would you do? You would spit it out of your mouth. It is lukewarm, no longer hot, no longer palatable. And so the, the second law of thermodynamics has happened here. This is a closed system. Nothing has been added to it. The fire was turned off, and it sat for a while, and it, it requires that... If anything, a closed system is not given influence from the outside, it will moderate, it will get less and less and less hot until finally it's lukewarm and in this particular condition. So what God was saying of church life is the same thing. Now this is was ice cold milk. Ice cold, and I took it out hours ago, but it's been sitting guaranteed it's not ice cold anymore it is warm i can feel the warmth warm to my touch how many interested in a nice warm lukewarm glass of milk no if you took it you would probably not swallow it you probably wouldn't want to swallow it. you would you would spit it back out of your mouth and god is saying what's happening in a closed system and that laodicean church had become a closed system where was jesus the fire was off jesus was outside of that church and because he was not there to influence, his presence was not there in dynamic power, that church that was hot grew lukewarm. Well, that, that cold condition moderated until it was lukewarm, and God said, I can't, I can't stand that kind of relationship. And so he is saying, what I want you to do is to, is to recognize your particular need. And the need was, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. If any man then will open the door, I'm knocking. I, here I stand. If any man will open the door, then I will come in. Now, he was writing to a congregation, but he made it very individual. It was not that we had to have a congregational meeting and everybody had to vote unanimously to invite Jesus to come. The wonderful thing about this is if one person will do it, if any man will hear this message, if any individual, he said, if any one of you will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will enjoy good fellowship together. I will eat with you and you can eat with me. What a wonderful promise. A great gift. A great if. And I think it's the potential of this to happen is, is available to an, any individual's life as the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
our lives, our bodies, temples of God. I, I'm persuaded that it can happen if Jesus is not actively exerting influence in our lives. What's going to happen to us? We're going to cool off. We're going to get lukewarm, and you won't even know it. You won't even see yourself that way. You'll see yourself as you were before. Your assessment will be based on past experience. If you're not really living in the presence of God, in the Word of God, letting the truth of God and the life of Jesus actively be exerted upon your life on a day-to-day -day basis, the second law of thermodynamics is happening in your life and you don't even realize it. If Jesus Christ is not actively present in our worship, actively present in the preaching of the Word, actively involved in this fellowship, it will grow lukewarm. And it won't take long to happen. Only just a few days or weeks. And we won't even recognize that we've got a spiritual problem. We would say, Amen, Pastor, preach it. That's, that's good preaching. I don't need anything, but I know there are friends in here that sure do. They said, we don't need anything. We've got it together. We're okay. We know some people that need this, but we don't need it. And the Lord said, you need to come and get from me what you can't get from anybody else. Buy from me. Buy from me the salve for your eyes, the clothes for your back, and the gold tried in the fire. You get it from me, and there's no place else we can get what we need, church, except from Jesus there is, no, there is no other resource. There is no other place we can turn to receive what we need except from Jesus Christ the Lord. And that is something that we must do individually on a daily basis to keep hot, to keep the temperature where it ought to be, the spiritual climate of our soul maintained in a very crucial way. The prescription is, I counsel you, buy from me gold, Refined so you can become rich, clothes to wear, salve to put on your eyes that you might see. And then there's a very coveted position. And I like this. To him who overcomes, I will. I will. That's part of the if, I'm sure. I will give to him the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sit down with my father on his throne. The coveted position to a church that he looked at and was ready to spit out of his mouth. He said, if you'll respond to me, the greatest of the promises of any church of the seven that he wrote to, none of the others he said that to, but to this church, this one that he had no approval for but only admonition of, he said, if you'll just take this, I will let you sit down with me on my throne just like I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And uh, the fellowship not only in, in uh, a lifestyle but in command, in authority. The throne is the place of authority and rulership and command. Jesus said to that church and to that people, if you'll come, if you'll let me come in and we can have fellowship together, not only will I sit down at the table with you and I will serve you and we'll eat together in fellowship, but you can sit with me on my throne. We're going to rule together. We're going to occupy the very 
seat of power and the seat of authority. This church that was was neither hot nor cold, and the Lord said he was about to, to spit them out of his mouth. What a wonderful, wonderful promise that is extended to them by saying, I will give you the right to sit with me on my throne. This is, this is unprecedented. It's not spoken to any of the other six churches, but to this one, just as I sit on the throne with my father, you will sit on the throne with me and share this coveted position of not only communion with Christ, but command with Christ and rule from that throne in the same way that he shares rulership with the Father. Great possibilities. Great potential. Oh, that the Lord will help us. And the only thing I wanted is to remind us of the wonderful fellowship that we miss if we miss his presence. And the one thing I am persuaded we need to, to, to strive for personally, daily, and each time we come together is that we come into his presence. And it's not it's not the performance. Uh, it's not possessions. It, it, it's not programs. It is His presence. And I know you agree with me, don't you? I know you agree with me. And the Lord inhabits. He makes. We enthrone God. Psalm 22 says, "We enthrone God in our midst as we praise Him." He inhabits, or He is enthroned among us. When we praise him, and oh, that we would set aside everything and any distraction when we come in together, we would earnestly lift worship and praise to God. Then we enthrone him. He is in the midst of us in power and in authority and in might and in glory. And that church is going to stay spiritually hot for the Lord. Oh, may it never be so that the Lord Jesus is on the outside of those glass doors knocking and saying, hey, let me in, let me in, let me in. If any man will open the door, I will come in to him and, and we can enjoy good fellowship together. And you know, church, it can happen and we won't even recognize ourselves. We won't even know it. Samson shook himself. He wished not that the Spirit of God had departed from him. He said, I can just go do it like I've always been doing it. He had done it several times before, and he shook himself not realizing that the glory and the power and the presence of God was no, no longer a dynamic part of his experience. He was going to go through the same motions, but to his own discouragement and defeat, Lord wasn't there, that he was operating in his own strength. And Samson, I am persuaded, was not a mountainous muscle man. He was like any other man. And the church is like any other social institution apart from the presence of the living God. The church is just like any other social order and probably won't do as good a job as they without the living Lord with an army. He shook himself, thought, well, I'll go out like I did before. But God, he wished not. He didn't know it. When we are in the worst spiritual condition of our lives, we don't even recognize it. We don't even realize it. It takes 
the Holy Spirit to reveal sometimes our lukewarm condition. And all it takes is doing nothing but sitting in the in the room temperature for a while and gradually, gradually, gradually the heart becomes cooler by degrees. That law requires that law requires that any closed circuit, any closed surface will moderate and decline by degrees until it dies. I want the presence of the Lord. I want His presence, the reality of His life and His power. I am persuaded that the presence of God is the answer. I mentioned that on Wednesday night, a little chorus that says, In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the Lord. I believe that there's therapy that takes place at the hand of the Master Physician Himself when we are sitting in the presence of God, that all the counseling in the world will never cure. <laughs> you can sit in my office and really not be much better off than you were before. Oh, we've talked it through, but we haven't really provided the healing that the presence of God, if you're sitting in His presence, oh, there's peace, there's comfort, there's healing, there's help in the presence of the, of the King. I believe that just like Isaiah, when he was in the presence of the Lord, the glory of God filled the place. There was no great sermon on sin. But he felt it. He felt conviction. Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. I believe the presence of God is the best sermon in the world against sin. Can't stand at all to be in God's presence and have sin in our lives. Because that really brings conviction. When the Spirit of Christ has come, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment, if we're in the presence of God, we won't need so many sermons on sin. Because the, the glory of God has a way of revealing it. When Peter was in the presence of the Lord, he fell on his face and said, Depart from me, I am a sinful man of God. I am a sinful man. There's something about God's presence that cures a lot of things brings an answer. That fellowship, if any man will open the door, I will come. I'd rather have fellowship with him than anyone I know. That's the number one relationship of our lives and uh, we want to guard and value that relationship. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And our devotional life is not something that we do out of duty, but out of a delight. We enjoy being in his presence. And it's not over when we get up from our knees. We say, Lord, I'm glad you're with me all day long, and you're never going to leave me, and you're never going to forsake me. You're with me always even to the end of the age, and so we can live. In Him we live and move and have our very being. The if of fellowship is 
really the joy of the Christian life. We walk and live and have our very peace. Hot for God is that Jesus Christ be in fellowship. Father, I pray that you will bring our hearts to digest the truth that you have shared with us again. I pray your blessing upon the candidates. Lord, I pray a special kind of peace that will fill their hearts and their minds that any fear they might have would just melt away. And I pray that they would enter into an experience in you tonight that will bless them for the rest of their Christian experience. We thank you, Lord, for their commitment to you and now their obedience to you because this is a command that they are experiencing and this is a command that they are endeavoring to follow. And I know, Lord, that every time we obey your commands, we demonstrate our love for you and receive your approval and your blessing. We just commend them to you right now, Father. Ask that you will accomplish something special for them and for us. For Jesus' sake we pray. And everyone said amen.